story. Thank you so much for joining me on this latest episode of Invisible Wounds, Healing from Trauma. This is episode 31, and we're going to talk about why it is never too late, what hope is, and what role it plays in our lives. I'm so glad that we're walking the path towards healing together. So just a quick reminder, I'm not a clinician, counselor, or physician. I'm a certified trauma and resiliency life coach, a certified trauma support specialist, advocate, and someone with lots of lived experience with trauma. Also, the information presented in this podcast is for educational purposes only and not meant to replace treatment by a doctor or any other licensed professional. All right, let's dive in. What I really, really wanted to talk about today is why it is never too late for anything. So when we're really struggling in any area of our lives, we can feel hopeless helpless, stuck. We get trapped in our own thoughts. They can cycle through the same things over and over again. Lather, rinse, repeat. I used to have four things that banged around in my head constantly relating back to my traumas. Fear, anger, rejection, and failure. Constantly banging around on the inside of my skull And it was a cycle I felt like I could never break out of. So with these kind of thoughts going around in the background of my brain all the time, it was natural that I acted or reacted accordingly. My environment also reflected these things. I ended up in jobs that fostered an environment of secrecy, punishment, power control, mind games. They were totally toxic. My relationships were all over the place, too. I felt like I was frantically dog paddling as fast as I could just to keep my head above water. I was still drowning. I just didn't see it. That chaos in our minds can spill over into every area of our lives. I pivoted so many times trying to make things better for myself but I was doing so within these chaotic environments. I tried to remake, redo, reinvent myself so that I'd be a better employee, friend, whatever the situation. I was trying to make everyone else happy, everyone except myself. I was miserable and I couldn't understand what was wrong with me. No matter how hard I tried, nothing I did worked. What I learned over my life is that it is never too late to change, to reinvent yourself, or to start over. However, the key is that you have to do it for yourself, not anyone else. That's where the psychology of hope comes into play. Hope is a very powerful thing. Hope is a motivator. Hope is the reason we hang on to the why. The why is our meaning, our purpose, 
our reason for existing. Just going through our days, especially tough ones, we're hopeful that tomorrow will be better. It can be. You can make it that way. With all of our traumatic experiences, life has taught us many difficult lessons. We get to the point where we just don't expect any better. We don't feel better no matter what we seem to do. We're tired of starting over. We're tired of trying. Hope is that little voice inside of us that keeps us putting one foot in front of the other. We keep going in spite of it all. When we want to quit, somehow we keep moving. And it's pretty amazing, actually, that we do go on. Some people don't. Some people do stop living and stop going on. I really, truly believe that each one of us was put on this earth for a reason. Every one of us has a purpose, something we were born to do. It's hard finding out what that is with so much chaos and awfulness inside of our minds, however. Sometimes we really do have to hit rock bottom before we're forced to make a change. I've been at rock bottom so many times in my life. I think that one of the most pivotal points of my rock bottom was being homeless and hungry with no place to go. That feeling of having no way out, no way forward is absolutely gut-wrenching. That time in my life actually set me on the path to where I am now. It's been a very long road with lots of missteps, bad choices, and more trauma. But I learned. I was so low that I decided to take a chance on a completely new path, starting with my taking a job at a small rural domestic violence shelter in Ohio, where I'm from. I needed a job, any job. I applied for it and got it. This was the beginning of me finding my passion, my drive in helping others. That little voice of hope kept me going, kept me trying. That rock bottom, also a year later, catapulted me into a cross-country move with my son Ryan and his friend Kevin. The boys wanted to go to a specific school in Phoenix. And one day my son casually mentioned that I should come too. I was stopped completely for a moment. I froze as I thought about it. I'm almost 50. Could I do it? Could I make that drastic of a change? Then on the heels of that thought was, why not? What have I got to lose? It was like a lightning bolt hit me. So we got rid of literally almost everything we owned. We saved up a decent amount of money between us, not a lot, but we thought it would at least get us there. We left in December, a week before Christmas. We had two cars, and in my small car, I had my two large dogs, and in the trunk, some clothes and family keepsakes. The boys in their car had some personal items along with a motorcycle, and that was it. That was all we had, and we took off. It was definitely an interesting three-day cross-country trip. 
We made it to Phoenix, and I will never forget all of us standing outside in the parking lot of our hotel, just staring up at a palm tree. We were absolutely amazed by it. We felt like we had been dropped onto a completely different planet by being in Phoenix. The very next day, we found a house to rent. And thankfully, the landlord or owner of the home was willing to work with us and let us move in immediately. We spent the next five days with no electricity or water. The utility offices were closed because of the holiday. And we celebrated Christmas by standing around a small candle that Kevin put on the seat of his motorcycle, still stunned that we actually made it. We were there. And we're still here over 10 years later. We've all become fairly successful but not without a lot of bumps along the way. Am I exactly where I want to be in life right now? Nope. Do I see more growth and change on the horizon? Yes. At almost 60, I still have things I want to do, new things I want to learn, and things I want to accomplish. So I guess really what my message to you is that you don't have to wait to hit rock bottom to make a change. Is it scary? Hell yes. Is the outcome uncertain? Absolutely. Is it worth it? Yes, yes, yes. I don't suggest you do things the way we did. We were either incredibly lucky or maybe the universe designed it perfectly. Who knows? The biggest factor is having a desire to do things differently, to do things in a new way. I mean, we know that things aren't working the way we want them to right now in our lives. We aren't well or happy or feeling fulfilled by what we're doing. We might daydream a lot about what it is we really want. We can see ourselves in a dream life, an amazing career, living in a different place, doing amazing things. Well, who says that can't be a reality for us? Who says that we can't have all those things? We do. We tell ourselves it's ridiculous. It isn't possible. Stop hoping for the impossible. I want you to listen closely to this because it's really important. The only limits we have on our lives are the limits we set for ourselves in our minds. It's true. While trauma has affected us deeply and terribly, in order to survive, we throw up walls and barriers And those walls and barriers are things that we place in order to keep us from being hurt, to keep us safe, but they limit us in so many ways. Trauma 
has taught us to be scared, to feel powerless, to not take chances. We've been hurt and disappointed so often in our lives, we have mentally built a steel cage around ourselves. It's padlocked tight. We've stayed in it and thrown away the key. It keeps everything out that could possibly hurt us true, but it also keeps us locked inside, trapped. We limit ourselves to what's immediately around us in that cage. We lock ourselves in with all of our pain and hurt because that's what we know. We shut ourselves away from new possibilities, new opportunities, new experiences. We miss out on so much in life. Without that key, without the will to get ourselves out of that cage, we are trapped in a prison of our own creation. So we might potentially be safe, but at what cost? We need to really take a good, honest, and open look at ourselves and where we are. What are the limiting beliefs we've created around ourselves that are keeping us stuck? When we dream about what we really want, what do we see? Where are we? What are we doing and who are we with? Is there one thing that keeps coming up over and over again to the front of your mind? Something you really want. Your inner voice of hope is calling to you and you need to listen more closely to it because it's telling you it's time to do things differently. It's time to retrieve that key and step out of that cage you've built into something new, something you want. Something that speaks to who you really are as a person, not what others tell you to do or how others want you to be. This is you and only you. You have the key. You just have to use it. Now, does it have to be a drastic life altering all at once change? No, it doesn't. You can start small like we always talk about, with those baby steps forward. Just the idea of change is scary for us. But we can plan a bit in order to make it a little less overwhelming and make it feel more real, more doable. It's uncomfortable and stepping out of our comfort zone is absolutely terrifying. I get it. I am still afraid so much of the time. But the more I learn and the more I try things, the more confidence I have in myself and what I can do. If we try something and it doesn't work, it's a learning experience, nothing more. It's not a failure or that you lack any abilities. It just wasn't the right thing for you. And that's okay. We also have to relearn how to be curious, like when we were children. We were born curious about everything. That's the way we learn as a child. And I'm constantly wondering about things. Thank God for the internet. 
So I'm always looking things up, researching and learning. I love it. We can stop and say to ourselves, I'm curious about whatever it is. I wonder about whatever it might be. What would happen if I tried whatever it is? If I try something and it doesn't work out, what's the worst that could happen? All of these questions can lead to a new understanding of what we want and what we'd like to learn about. We have choices. We really do. While we didn't choose what happened to us, we can choose to move forward now. And we can choose new ways to learn, grow, and heal. We'll get there together, I promise. I'm learning right along with you. So this is where I like to close us out with a new exercise that we can add to that mindfulness toolbox we're building together. Remember, you don't have to do this now or at all if you don't want to, but you might just listen and tuck it away in your mind for future reference. This is a writing exercise. We're going to try and identify one small thing we can do to create change. If you'd like to try this with me, please get a notebook, a piece of paper, even a sticky note and a pen or pencil. You can even do what I do and type it out in a Word document if you like. Whatever way you participate is fine. As long as it works for you, that's all that matters. I'd like to invite you to find a place that's quiet, calm, and as free from distractions as possible. If you'd like, you could light some candles, put on some quiet, calming music, burn some incense, or use some of your favorite essential oils in the palms of your hands. Breathe in the scent and remind yourself that you're in a safe space. You are safe in this moment, in the now. We always start with our mindful belly breathing. Breathe slowly in through your nose, your belly naturally pushing out as you inhale to a count of five. Hold your breath for a count of one. Then slowly exhale out of your mouth. Your belly should naturally move in as you exhale to a count of five. Do this five times. We're going to explore ways to build hope in ourselves. We're going to be curious and ask ourselves some things that can help move us forward. So first, we talked about daydreaming and how you see yourself in your dream life. When you see yourself in that best spot, that perfect space, what is it that you're doing? If you had a magic wand and could magically transport yourself there, what is that perfect thing, place, or state of being that you see for yourself? Write that out. What is it that you ultimately 
want for yourself. Then, what would it take for you to get there? How would you get from point A to point B? The how of it isn't as important. Rather, focus on the feelings. As you take steps towards this goal, how would that make you feel? Write out all of the feelings that you can identify for yourself. Next, think about a time from your past when you did something and were successful at it. Ask yourself these questions and write out your answers. What did I accomplish? Did I do my best? What could I have done differently? What did I learn? How can I use this lesson as a way to grow? Then think about and create a what if plan. We can plan for things like obstacles. We can also plan for success. Both can be scary, but having steps in place to prepare can help us. Ask yourself, what happens if this doesn't work out the way I had envisioned it? What then? What happens if this works out as close to or exactly as I had envisioned it? What then? Finally, when you feel self-defeating, limiting, or negative self-talk come up, that's your inner critic. How can you flip the script in your mind? For example, when you think of all the things that could go wrong with your plan to create change, ask yourself instead, what could go right? What is one statement you could create for yourself to replace a negative thought with a more positive one? Write that out and keep it handy so whenever that negative thought pops up, you have your plan, your statement, ready to challenge it. As with all new things, this takes work and practice. No magic wand, unfortunately. But you can do this. You've got this. We'll support each other every step of the way, cheering each other on. I hope this exercise was something you found helpful. And again, it's just more tools we're adding to that mindfulness toolbox. So whenever you need to go to it and pull out any skill we've learned in order to feel more calm, centered, grounded, or identify thoughts, facts, and feelings, do it. I've created a list on my website, InvisibleWoundsHealingFromTrauma.com, of all of the exercises, and I'll keep adding to it as we go along. I also take each exercise and put it to beautiful music and video and have it on my YouTube channel, Invisible Wounds Healing From Trauma. 
please subscribe and share widely if you like what you see and hear. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And please keep on listening. Wherever you listen, please like, subscribe, favorite, follow me, and again, share widely. And what you think really matters to me too. So please comment on the show. Let me know what you think, whatever's on your mind. You can find me on Facebook at Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma, on Twitter at Walker 58 and my website, InvisibleWoundsHealingFromTrauma.com. Look for my new episodes dropping every Monday on all of your favorite podcasts, music, and listening apps. Please take extra good care of yourself. And we'll talk soon.